Hello there, it's um, Sue and Gareth again with um, episode five, this one. Wow. Five, this is fifth of the Mucky Carrots podcast. This is into our fourth week. Yes, beginning of the third week. End, no, uh, no, 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 no. End no. of the third week today. End of the, this is Monday we're going to put yeah. this out, so we normally put it out on a Tuesday. Right, yes. So uh, we're going into our fourth, fourth week, week tomorrow, are we? Well, that's gone quick. Janet, just... So what are we going to chit-chat about in this episode, well, Gareth? I thought this week... I thought this week's been interesting because I think for the first time, personally, it kind of felt normal. It, it was the first week I probably... It's become a habit. It's the first week I didn't feel... I didn't notice that we were doing something different. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So in effect, um, I think we should talk about in this one is how... Well, I think we've got to be honest... I think it's been a lot easier than I expected. And as, as we go into week four, I think that some of the stuff that, that I learned in week three or noticed was, was less about new things that we discovered and more about how things have become habits. Hmm. You've just thrown me off balance then. <laughs> I've, le- I've learned a lot and I've had a lot of um, things come up for me. It's been quite an emotional and... and um, life-changing event really and that is one thing that you said it's been easier than you thought that was that always put me off starting because I didn't want to fail because I thought it would be really difficult and it's not been difficult at all I've had challenges I mean I've been away for the weekend and there was a little bit of a challenge around I went to stay in a place called Alston which is up in Cumbria which is the back of beyond you, you drive for 23 miles in the countryside without passing anything before you get to this little village. So for me to find vegan food there was a little bit more challenging. I was helped out by the fact there was a co-op there and co-op now do vegan sandwiches. So that saved my... Um, saved, bacon. No, I'm going to say that. <laughs> saved me saved bacon. bacon. Um, but but I did, use words like that anymore, I did so. have to resort to... It saved to your tofu. to a a vegetarian meal in the pub which I went to with everybody else I think there was two pubs but the 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 idea of being able to find vegan food in that part of the the world was impossible so I had to compromise and um, I had a roast vegetable tart with goat's cheese on the goat's cheese is melted so I couldn't pick it off but um, there wasn't really that much on but when, I mean, I started this pretty much on a whim, to be honest, with you. You know what happened. We watched the program, Forks Over Knives, and then, you know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I wasn't going to, I was going to support you, I wasn't going to do anything. By 7 o'clock, I'm now going to eat more meat. But we did have this created around about, about dairy, when we think about it. We, we said plant-based. Now, when you initially thought plant-based, did you think straight away plant-based equals vegan? No. Right, so what seemed to have happened very quickly, certainly in week one and into week two, was we'd become almost overnight vegan. We, we didn't. In, what I'm saying is we didn't intend to go and, and this to be a vegan journey. It was a plant-based diet and, and no meat. Yeah, I mean, for me, we were looking at it as part of, of being healthy. Dairy, especially cheese, didn't seem to be a healthy food. Well, I think the funny thing is, you know, we've gone through many different diets, me in particular, over the last 12 months. And there was one time we were doing the, the kind of high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet. Mm. So then cheese was like my go-to thing, you know, cheese on 
bacon, cheese. I mean, I know this vegans will like the sound of this. And in a way, I think something else that came up for me this week was we didn't say we were going to go plant-based. We went plant-based, we didn't say we'd go vegan. We've been a lot of vegan food. Um, I also this week have started to see a little bit, only a little bit, of kind of those slightly mad vegans that are kind of very um, way out there. As as Twitter, as not as Twitter, as Instagram account goes up, most people seem fairly rational. They seem very happy with people just kind of making the whatever change they can make. And I know you're going to talk about this in a minute. Mm. But one or two of them other ones came out as well. And not really on that. It was it was to do with a podcast by Joe Rogan. And he passed some kind of about vegans. And basically somebody had said some horrible thing like, you know, I hope you all, all your family die because you eat meat. And he kind of checked this woman out. And the, there, were, there was some discussion about vegan cats. And this, this vegan cat thing brought up so much bullshit on the internet. They were all saying, my cat's perfectly healthy, it's vegan. And folks saying, cats weren't meant to eat vegetables, that's why they've got the teeth like they have. And it got into this real kind of spat. And I think what I picked up this week, if you look for accounts like that, they are there. And I think they're missing the point. I think as I go into week four, I can comfortably say I've not missed eating meat. I think we found some really good meat substitutes. But crucially, I don't feel the need to eat eggs and cheese anymore. It's just like it doesn't naturally go with what we're eating. No, it didn't. It didn't seem to fit in at all. I mean, you you cook that like, like today. We've had it again for our lunch. Those um, what are they? Like spring rolls. They're like spring there. rolls made out of rice raw, paper, raw, raw rice veg. paper. And you know, where do you sprinkle cheese on that? Mm. You know, the breakfast. You know, where I don't eat much breakfast, but when you eat breakfast, you're having oats. And if I have oats, where does eggs and cheese fit into that? It's like eggs and cheese don't fit. In, in the food we're eating. Mm. I can't think of anything we've eaten that you could, with the exception of maybe the burgers, you might have thought to put cheese on. Mm. So I was surprised how um, we went quite strong into the vegan way without that being actually the intention. No, but we can be a bit extreme. But talking about extremism, especially around veganism, I, I, I wanted to talk about a book that I picked up which has made so much sense. And it's called How to Create a Vegan World, A Pragmatic Approach. And it's by a guy called Tobias Leonhardt. Oh, that's a great name, isn't it? Tobias. Tobias. And he talks about the, the road to Veganville. How we get there is to him irrelevant, whether it's um, about animal welfare, whether it's about sustainability on the planet, whether it's about personal health. He's all for getting people to Veganville, which is at the top of the hill, through any means necessary. And he points out that people that are well and truly vegan is quite a tiny percentage of the population, not to undermine what they're doing. But by looking at other the, the majority of the population are never going to do it. You can scare them as much as you want. They are never going to do it. But one thing he spoke about was getting people to reduce, reducers, meat reducers. And that seemed a really... He also... Let me just think about this because I could talk about this book for ages and I don't want to. When He talks about when you're out in company, especially people you've just met, which I was at the weekend... And the minute the subject comes up, sometimes it does when you're eating, that you follow a plant-based diet or you don't eat animal products. Some people get really mad. I had this particular guy. 
that got very defensive, even though I didn't, I was very open about it. I didn't start pre, I didn't even start speaking about it. And Tobias Leonhardt said the presence of a vegan can cause a lot of upset, just being so, in, in the presence. So just for my, clarify for me, because I don't know, so anybody at least this won't know unless they've read the book, is he promoting a completely vegan lifestyle? Eventually. Right, so he's mm. not saying it's, he's not a, he's a vegan? He is a vegan, yes. Okay. But he's coming to, you've said he's come under a lot of criticism for this book. From vegans. Right, okay. Because it's kind of... A lot of vegans are extreme and they say it's all or nothing. And he believes that the way we get to being vegan is is our journey. And as long as we get there... It doesn't matter the It route. doesn't matter. And he, he brings up things like um, him and his girlfriend got bought a vegan hamper that a relative had put together. And by mistake, they'd put egg pasta in it, which they would, probably wouldn't have even thought about. And he said, this egg pasta is sat in the cupboard. And his girlfriend said, do we eat it because it's, a, it's already been bought or do we throw it away? And the thought of throwing food away is not, it, sometimes that can be, you know, it's there in the cupboard. Will it make any difference to any animals? It's already been bought. It's in the cupboard. You haven't gone out and bought it. You're not, pro you're not providing a demand. Another story about him, um, he has a friend who's a vegan who visits his elderly aunt twice a year who bakes him a chocolate cake like she did when he was a child and she gets a lot of pleasure out of baking it for him and sitting with him and sharing it. And so he shares a cake with her. So then it was, can he not call himself a vegan? So there's a lot of grey areas and this extremism puts people off. But, I mean, and We don't want to put people off, we want to encourage them to do what they can okay. where they are now okay. Some, something came up there when you mentioned that was i was listening to a report it's about a week ago now i was driving it was radio two so those in the uk listening to what radio two is and if you're in america you might have heard of it but it's like the, the kind of i suppose the more grown-up radio channel of people of our age which is you know 50-ish people they were talking about electric cars and why more people don't drive electric cars and they said that actually most people out of choice would drive an electric car if there were electric charging points. That's the fear of driving an electric car. You know, what happens if you run out of gas or, in their case, electricity? I think it's the same when you look at a change in how we eat our habits. If there's, like, if you struggle to get vegan food and you've got to go vegetarian, then it's very difficult to be vegan. Now, I'm sure the hardcore vegans would say you could have taken your food with you. That's not practical. And I think that with anything that's to do with business and commerce, the reason something's for sale is because somebody's willing to buy it. And as we, I think we mentioned in the last week's, uh, we certainly mentioned in one of the episodes, the the supermarket now, our local supermarket at Sainsbury's in Wakefield, has got much more vegan choice in them than we've ever had before, and it's increasingly growing each week. Mm. So I think the, the problem with extremism is nobody listens to them. We, I mean, you know, we could get onto a bit of a rant here, there's, there's for me there's the extremes either side like there's the people that are vegans that just literally think anybody that eats meat is like you know the scum of the earth and you've got people at the other end who think vegans are just completely a waste of time wusses but there's a mid-ground here and I think what we have experienced is certainly in this um, third week going into our fourth week now is I think we have comfortably navigated the food 
and found a way of buying it and preparing it. It hasn't made a massive impact on our life. We're still eating great food. It's still very tasty. It just happens not to have any meat in it. So the thing I like about that book when you, because I know you read me bits when I'm falling asleep at night and I do listen to some of it, was how he seems to have a very uh, pragmatic and sensible approach to this. And I think that if people want to change people, you've got to do it with a sensible approach. You can't do it with banging a drum and being extreme. So, so far from what you've read in that book and what we've watched on the TV programmes, where do we think? Do we think that this the vegan thing is going to continue to grow? I think eventually it will be, it will be huge. Because I the think, bit that we'll I work get, I think out, we will get there eventually. The, yeah, we're saying when we'll get there, like we're part of something. We are part of something. No, what I mean by that is, the the figures I saw, if they are correct, means that there will come a point where you will not be able to buy all the meat that you want because it will not be we won't be able to create enough as a planet. These are the figures. They say, okay, now we've got 7.6 billion people. Within another 10 years, it's going to be 9 point something. So the idea of vegan making sense and, and eating, I get it now. So I suppose we're entering this territory now, which is how do we then, as plant-based eaters now, how do we communicate that to people we know and try to break some of the taboos? And it's got to be through tasting it. it I, I would defy anybody to go to that place that we ate in the yoga thing a couple of Sundays ago. And even of those burgers made of beetroot and whatever it was, and not tell me that was as good as any meat-based burger you've tasted. So I think the answer is not to scare people and force people into it, making them feel bad for eating meat. I think the thing is to take it the other way around and make them feel good about eating it because it's tasty. Is he saying that? I mean, I don't know. That would be my view now. It, it talks about when change comes, it's always, it's never overnight. And he said he was on about smoking. It doesn't seem long ago for somebody of my age. Just face people... just that, where's this guy from? Oh, I don't know. Is he English or is he American? Or I is think he's American. Right, I'm going to say, because he's talking about smoking. That's, cause I know that's a big deal in our country. How that's uh, well, I can remember people smoking in cinemas, smoking everywhere. And eventually it became... Um, the, the bandit in pubs, but you could smoke in shopping malls. Now you can't. Sm now you can't smoke anywhere, and even outside. I mean, I did notice Cafe Nero. You can smoke outside, but Costas you can't. But if you look at Costas, it's more enclosed, whereas Nero is at the end of the arcade, so it's outside. But he he was on about, like me, I never got a vegetarian option because I didn't think it would be tasty enough. But he said, if you got on an aeroplane and it was all vegan food, would you question it? And if you wanted meat, you had to, you know, like before you get on, you have to order a vegan meal. What if you got on and you had to order meat because you were, you were given vegan food? I don't think most people would be bothered. As long as it tasted nice, I but don't think they'd care. Me, there's something I didn't, you've just, something's hit me there, pizza hut. Now, we obviously got pizza in this country. I know pizza it's in America. Did you know that they're meat feast pizza? Right? This blew my mind when I learned this a few years ago. It may well have changed, but this I'm going back into sort of the 90s, maybe early 2000s. I looked into the ingredients in a meat feast pizza. Bear in mind, this is spicy beef, spicy pork, pepperami, ham, and all this kind of thing. Most of the stuff on there is soya-based. There's no meat in it. I mean, there is meat in it. I think the ham's meat. 
and the pepperoni might be. But the ground beef and the ground pork was <laughs> soya based. So I think I think it's right. If people taste it, they would try it. And I think that's the way to, to change anything because the interesting thing about smoking now is I notice there's two kinds of people still smoke. Now, hear me out on this. People that are very high class people to, and older people still tend to smoke. And the lower classes tend to smoke. And the middle ground, the kind of working class average people, very few of them smoke. Mm. So I think you'll get the same with any kind of change. Those that are really on, and I used to use the word poor, because it's not about finances. I think it's, there's just a kind of a class of people that just are a bit different to everybody else. They'll buck against everything. They're the ones that you see throwing rubbish out of cars and messing the place up and vandalising stuff. And the, the either end, the extreme ends, they won't change, but it's the middle ground. And I think people like us, our classes are fairly not, when you say we're extreme, I don't think we are. I think the fact that if we, if we, even if we're a little bit extreme, we're not unsensible. And the food choices we have made and the taste we've had are delicious because, I mean, we might as well talk about Wednesday because on Wednesday last week, which is my birthday, yeah, 48th birthday, we went to see the Queen movie. Which, Which was, was excellent. excellent. You must watch it. If you're a Queen fan, you will absolutely love it. Well, I wasn't a Queen fan. And you are I loved now. It. That's how good that film is. And coming out of there, we'd made a decision. We thought, well, we'll come back and have a, a curry. And I'd worked out that it was getting a bit late. And where we parked happened to be very close to an Italian restaurant we, we, we've been to a few times. And it's a nice restaurant. It's called Beebe's. So I said, why well, don't we go to Beebe's? And I was umming and ahhing a bit, mainly because I thought, well, you know, what's going to be on there? And we both had, not plant based, but we had vegetarian options. The chance of getting a vegan there was option no, there was no, in, in an Italian, Italian restaurant. The only thing vegan in Italian is water. Was I even no think then it's flavour. We were sat beef. there looking at the menu and looking at each other and V's. like humming and harring. But your pizza was delicious. It was a portobello mushroom. Right. My um, tortellini with goat cheese was delicious. No no animals were harmed as in slaughtered in that. I'm, you know, I'm not going to where the meat or where the, the cheese came from. But again, I found that delicious. And... You know, yesterday we went out for another curry and we we stuck with our mushroom booner and mushroom chilli, whatever you had. Another interesting fact is says most people that become vegan start off vegetarian. I've shared this with you. The one thing I have struggled with recently is how you have a snack, a healthy snack. I'll clarify that. When I was eating meat... So when I was not when I was not following a vegan diet, I would often have a chunk of cheese. Mm-hmm. I'd maybe have a cold sausage. Um, there'd always be something like that that I could eat. Mm. And what I find quite difficult, or I found difficult, is what do you eat when you've got nothing in? You tend to either be eating something sweet, which can be vegan or plant based, vegetarian, or you're eating something like crisps. So it's trying to find those healthy snacks as well, which I think is one of the challenges because my assumption and my um, what's it, assessment of a lot of vegetarians I know is they're all, they're all overweight. Mm. And, I, and I, I've said to you, how do you get fat eating vegetables? And the truth is it's not eating vegetables that's making them fat. It's, it's the cake. It's the cake and the sugar. And even the vegan options, you can take the eggs out and you can take the milk out, but you can't take the sweetness out. And that's coming from processed sugar. Yeah, you see, I don't. I very rarely snack. I eat my meals, as you know, three meals, <coughs> three meals a day. Otherwise, I'm getting getting hungry. So I don't tend to snack anyway. And I like, I buy fruit now. I like grapes, um, apples, pears. So if I'm getting a little bit peckish, I'll have just some fruit during the day. 
Okay. Anything else come up for you these last few days? Because Monday, as we record this, it's bonfire night, so we've got a bit of a thing to get through tonight. We'll talk about it in next week's podcast. We're going to a pie and pie, pie and pea supper. We've oh. already navigated that. No, but <laughs> that's going to be the first time that we get the chance of people in our family to ask a question. It's interesting when Pip and Rob came out the other day, and for the years, you know, listen, Pip and Rob are, um, that's Sue's daughter and her husband. And we said, oh, we've gone vegan or vegetarian. And they start saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're off for a curry. We think I'll have a chicken algo <laughs> or something. So I think it is that thing that people do have a funny view on vegetarian and veganism. And, I think it's because they don't understand. But who's to blame for that? The vegans, the vegetarians. This is, this is what I'm saying. This extremism, if people put on more vegetarian options in restaurants and if people made more vegan food available in some of the shops, like them onion barges you had today where we had for lunch, they were delicious. Now, I'm guessing onion barges are always going to be, unless they're fried in beef fat, which wouldn't be. I think there needs to be more options available because I think when anything first comes out that's new, it's somewhat ridiculed. But what, what, is the, what comes first, the demand or the supply? I th- do you know what I think it takes? I think it takes some bold companies to stand up and actually, if rather than sat there trying to lobby parliament and, and kick on at people for saying stuff or wearing leather or eating meat, you have to come up with a solution, which is how do you... Let's look at the, the, the most famous fast food chain in the world, McDonald's. How do you make a product that's as tasty as, as cheap as, and as available as McDonald's? Because if you can do that and make that plant-based, that's how you win. Because people will always go for taste. Because the truth is, people don't know what's in a McDonald's. You tell them what's in a McDonald's, well, that's a chicken nugget, what's that? Well, it's basically, you know, beaks and, and, and feet mashed up with some pink flavouring and it's it, it chicken. They don't care what's in it, they care what it tastes like. I think this is the thing now. Flavour and taste and availability is what needs to be worked on. And I think if anybody came to our, to our house and ate what we'd eaten in the last three weeks, nobody would have, have, have said anything about the flavour and, and the taste, it was amazing. Well, probably um, not for this podcast, but it was interesting. I think it's Richard Branson, actually, who's investing in clean meat. Is this where they meat. grow it out of? They grow it in laboratories. I'm out of it. But, you know, he thinks that's the way forward because it's it will cut out the need for killing animals completely. Forget completely. that. The, the realities are now, if these figures are correct... We cannot make enough meat to service yeah. the people that want it. So this is going to become a supply and demand thing. There will not be enough meat. This is the reality that we are facing. We, even if we chop down every acre of rainforest and graze cattle in every area, we still are going to run out of space to but graze these cattle. But we die if we didn't have an Amazon oh, listen, rainforest? I, I was very clear when we started this, I was not going to turn into an activist. I would look at the data coming out from me and how I felt. And the thing is, going into week four, I feel good on this. I have got a small amount of eczema, which I've never had for 20 years. And I, and that's only, I don't know whether that's anything related to what I'm eating or not eating, but I've noticed that there's that. I have noticed a couple of things um, around sleep. I've st- I feel I've slept better, so there have been some positive things there. I'm only going off this. I feel better from eating it. I also know that we're not spending as much money on food. We're not creating as much creating as much waste. Um, 
there is something very satisfying about not eating meat in a strange way, which I didn't expect. When I get when I go to bed on a night and I feel good, and then I wake up in the morning and I feel energized, and the fact I haven't eaten any meat gives me a a, a warm fuzzy feeling. Well, we, we mentioned this last week, and I have to say it, it wor- it's worth mentioning again. I can't remember the last time we ate a meal in this house. In fact, anywhere we've eaten a meal in the last three weeks where we had any waste at all. <laughs> Don't leave anything. I mean, even today, we had them rolls with the, with the soy sauce dip and I drank the soy sauce <laughs> dip at the end. There's no waste whatsoever as far as food waste is concerned. So I think this week has been, it's becoming, it's starting to feel very normal, I suppose, is what I'm going to sort of say is my takeaway this, this the third week. Mm. Um. And I think that that's that's for me is what's become very apparent. I'm not missing the eggs and the and the cheese like I thought I would. I've not missed the meat at all. I've become somewhat um, unaware that we're actually doing anything this week. It doesn't. It feels normal. I suppose I'm trying to say it's got normal after into three weeks. Anything that you've noticed? You just want to kind of finish on finally. No, I mean I could talk about um, lots more things, but I think. I just wanted to get across this for me it's just about I thought the first week would be hard and it wasn't um there was a little bit of I was also thinking when we look at food as comfort food like you know coming back from a walk and there's a stew in the oven on a Sunday roast chicken they're more emotional ties from being a child you know when you used to come home when you've been playing out and you were freezing cold. So we ha- we do have a lot of attachment to the way we have eaten in the past. So it's not just about not eating the meat, it's about everything that... It, 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 it made me realise how we use animals for just about anything and everything. And when you're a kid, you give them meat to eat, or you do this, or you do that, or you, your eggs and that it becomes part of what you do and who you are. You don't question it. And that's why we don't look at a lovely cow in the field with its big eyes and long eyelashes and its little sad face and the steak on the plate. We don't we don't connect that because because it was food to us as children. And we didn't even... If you ask my grandson where, uh, where bacon comes from, he might know now. But it, it wouldn't... It doesn't connect it to the animals i think what what you're saying there ties in with something i suppose in a roundabout way i felt which is it's made me kinder i think and i mean i'm not i don't think i'm an unkind person i think people that know me now i'm i feel i am a quite a kind person i think this has got me to think not just about animals it's got me to think about people i just think the way we use everything in this planet for our own gains or certain human beings for their own gains is wrong you know we can look at animals and animals being put through distress and hardship to produce meat but yet there are millions of people out there in very difficult working conditions to provide other products for us that aren't meat based you know people working in sweatshops providing cheap clothing I think this this has got me to waken up to this idea that you know we have got the resource on this planet to all live comfortably and happily together I think we have to make some different choices out of necessity and you know maybe not now not maybe even five or ten years from now but certainly 50 years from now this world could look a very different place if we don't make some changes and having this chance to try and we said we would go four weeks without any meat 
which we'll kind of do by the end of by the time we do the next podcast. I think then it's about us deciding where we sit after that. Mm. And also, I want to sit in a place that feels comfortable and right for me at this time. That's why I like this book you're reading because, you know, it would only take one daft vegan to pass a comment to me or say something uh, and criticise the choices I've made. When I believe in this last three weeks, going into four weeks, we've done a, a great deal more than we did beforehand. It wouldn't take long for me to think, ah, fuck it, I'm, I'm not listening to that shite. And that's what we've got to be careful of. If we believe that plant-based is the future, and if we believe it's better for us as human beings and us as a planet and the animals, how we sell that to other people is going to be crucial. And I think there is no place anymore for extremism in anything. Either left-wing or right-wing extremism, it's both as bad as middle ground. And I think we've got, we've got to find out over the next few days what our middle ground's going to be. Does that make sense? Mm. So it's really been nice as well to put us photographs onto um, Instagram. But what I have noticed this week, I couldn't really put anything on new because most of the stuff we've had this week we've eaten before. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm, I have been checking out some recipes I'm going to... I don't think you need to. I mean, I can I can smell now, because you can't smell that, but we've got some peanut soup cooking, which is one of my favourites. It's delicious. It is delicious. Anyway, look, we've had it. That's, that's week, end of week three anyway, into week four. So um, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can. You'll see some photographs on there of us, what we've been eating. You if put you look... photographs of me and you on it? Not yet, no. I'm trying to keep us. How people know what we look like? Did I say that? Mm. Oh, (laughs) we might put pictures of me and you on. I don't know. Uh, Look, you can check us out on Instagram. It's the if you look for act, that sign monkey carrots, you'll find us there. And um, if you're listening to this and you're not vegan, you're not vegetarian, you've never tried it, and you've got a bit of fear, I suppose that the takeaway, succinctly put, is give it a go. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at what you will find if. And this is if, if you genuinely go into this with an open mind. If you go looking for problems, you'll find them. And, but I would try that. Try a few of the Linda McCartney, if you're in England, and, and the Noble Burgers from Iceland. Look at some of the dishes, because I think you'll find it's, it's a quite a pleasant surprise. So check us out on Instagram if you want to. Subscribe to this podcast if you'd like. And uh, we'll be back next week when we'll tell you how our month ended up. And, and the plan from that going forward, whatever that might be. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye-bye.